Partly cloudy and 20 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning. From Global News, it's 9 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. A man is dead after being struck by a sea train overnight. Calgary police tell Global News the man, believed to be in his 50s, was walking on the LRT line when he was hit at around 2 o'clock this morning. The incident shut down one of the connecting roads of the Deerfoot and Memorial Interchange while police investigated, including the Traffic Collision Reconstruction Unit. That road has since reopened. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I'm just looking out my window at 17th Avenue. They have a road closure between McLeod Trail and 2nd Street as they continue paving. That should be wrapping up at around 6 o'clock tonight. Sabres know it's about getting the quality you deserve without paying more than you should. That's why Sabres love shopping at Save On Foods. Save On, Sabres. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Calgary Pride says it's been given a special liquor license exempting 12 of its venues from the 10 p.m. liquor cutoff. And while it came too late for Saturday, it will be put to use today. Hasina Juma with Calgary Pride says safety needs to be paramount. We knew this year that it wasn't going to be typical. We knew that from when we started planning in January. So from our side where we had a variety of scenarios to accommodate that knowing that this wouldn't necessarily be the typical year that people expect with like a parade and things like that. And a number of rodeo events this weekend say they've been given exemptions as well. COVID's fourth wave combined with the return of some restrictions have had some couples scrambling to adapt their wedding plans. Aileen Bishop and her fiancé Maurice Lear have downsized their wedding today from 50 to 14 guests and will live stream the ceremony. She says planning a wedding in COVID has not been easy. If Plan A doesn't work. What's plan B? What's plan C? And I think at this point, you kind of have to be prepared for anything. And some event businesses are concerned about cancellations due to the new masking requirement and the 10 p.m. cutoff for liquor service. Kansas City Southern has agreed to re-engage with Calgary-based Canadian Pacific Railway. The U.S. transportation regulator earlier placed a roadblock in the path of a bid from rival CN to take over KCS. So Kansas City Southern says it does intend to provide CP with non-public information and to engage in discussions and negotiations. CP Rail says it looks forward to re-engaging with KCS. Decision Canada on Global News Radio. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is condemning instances in which he says health care workers were targeted with violence and harassment during the COVID-19 pandemic. Speaking in Ottawa this morning, he called for a federal document that Canadians can use to show proof of COVID vaccination. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau returns to the campaign trail after a day off. He's speaking in Markham, Ontario this morning. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole is continuing a stint in British Columbia after being peppered with questions yesterday on his party's platform promise to scrap a ban on a wide variety of guns. O'Toole will appear in Vancouver. As Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor mark 1,000 days in Chinese prisons, their supporters are taking to the streets of Ottawa and beyond today to push for their freedom. The Canadians, known as the Two Michaels, were detained in apparent retaliation for the arrest of Chinese high-tech executive Meng Wanzhou on a U.S. extradition warrant in Vancouver back in 2018. Spavor and Kovrig have both been convicted of spying in closed Chinese courts, a process that Canada and dozens of allies say amounts to arbitrary detention on bogus charges. China's ambassador to Canada says the marchers and others are harming relations between the two countries by hyping the thousand-day milestone with unwarranted accusations against his government. Rob Westgate, the Canadian Press. Global News Sky Tracker weather, partly cloudy today, breezy and a high of 26, down to 10 tonight. 
Tomorrow, similar but not quite as warm, partly cloudy, breezy, and 22 for Labor Day. Sunny and 22 on Tuesday. It's 20 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Jeff Smith. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we are already in September the 5th. Crazy how fast. It's uh, September already. Just uh, heading into, obviously we're halfway through the Labor Day weekend, which is lots of fun. We got the big football game tomorrow, so hopefully that will go good and uh, hopefully the stamps can, they've been looking a lot better. I went to the last couple games, so the fans last game were fun. It was, uh, it felt really good. They're all getting right into it and cheering on right till the end. And it was right down to the last couple of minutes, but, uh, kept it a little short, but looking forward till tomorrow, it should be lots of fun. And today you're going to talk some gardening though. Lots of stuff going out in the yards right now. And we've been very fortunate. We, I was just talking with my wife and we just, we, we didn't have a, a summer snowfall, which is kind of nice. We didn't have to deal with that. And uh, so pretty consistent weather all the way through. A little bit of rain lately, but now we're just heading into fall. So a couple of things that you want to ensure that you're doing. And right now, a lot of the sales are starting in at the garden centers, and including ours at Spruce It Up. We have our buy more, save more. And I just brought a truckload of fresh product in for the sale as well. So lots of and uh, bud and bloom stuff that's blooming, like the rutabaga, the echinaceas, some hydrangeas. We brought in some fruit trees, a few other things. So, um, so lots of stuff on sale as well. But right now is a good time, not just to plunk stuff in your yard just because it's on sale, but time to look look for those empty spots where you you're sitting in the backyard and. The neighbor maybe looks right into you when you're sitting on the patio or or whatever, or just you're missing some color. That's what I'm missing a bit. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to plant um, some ligularias or some Annabelle hydrangeas underneath my willow trees because it's fairly shady and I just need a little bit of color underneath there just to pop it out. And uh, so I've got a couple of spots where I'm just missing. But overall, it's uh, I'm pretty happy with the way my yard's filling in. So but also adding a little statue or anything like that at this time, it's great to look in there and uh, and just have a have a peek of uh, some different alternatives. That's so nice with your with your phones now. You can also just take a picture of that empty spot, take it down to the tree lot or in the perennial section, chat with any of our team down there, and they'd be more than happy to help you out. And uh, Terry down at the garden center, he's been making some great outdoor displays. So um, he's uh, quite creative on that. And so he's been making the the outside looking really good. So as well as obviously Suzanne is always doing the inside stuff and, and out in the greenhouse a bit looking great and uh, very, very pleased right now. It's, it's the greenhouse. Everything's looking really quite nice. Lots of great stuff. So if you're and have a look around, see if we have anything for you. And like I said, lots of good sales. You can save some money that buy more, save more. Buy five, you get 50% off all your shrubs. So it's a pretty good deal. So anyways, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or at a town, 1-800-563-7770. 
Uh, Jen's going to join me here in a few minutes, and we're going to see what's going on. She was off for a few days because I, then I kind of filled up the greenhouse on her. So she was like, what? <laughs> so we got a bit of stuff in. I, I like to, I've always been, and it's worked well for us over the 15 years of us being in business, is when we have a sale, I don't just do it to clear out my junk. Um, I want to clear out, and I also want to bring in fresh stuff. So I brought in a full semi of plant material, trees, shrubs, and perennials, um, for the sale because I don't know I always if I go to a sale I, I sometimes disappointing if all they're doing is just get rid of their old junk um, and I, I I really and it's worked like I said it's worked well for us over the last few years so whenever we have our sale I always like to bring in fresh stuff for the sale right out of our nursery and uh, so that way you can mix and match um, and a lot of the old stuff we had was is great as well it's just sometimes it looks a little bit more tired sitting in the pots. But one thing to remember, no matter whether you're buying it from Spruce It Up or any of the other garden centers in town, for the perennials, mainly you're buying a root. So if it looks somewhat healthy on top, it's going to be fine. Plant it, you'll be good. Because really, you're buying a root system, so water it in well, fertilize it, 15-30-15 or a Mike's product. Get it in the ground, do your thing. And, uh, and and the ground's nice and warm, so we'll get asked a lot right now. Is it okay still to plant? Lots of time to plant. We can plant all of September and most of October, unless we get some early frost and things like that. So so lots of time. It's a great time to plant because the ground's nice and warm and, and it takes, and we don't have those super, super hot days where it stresses the plants out. But you still got to ensure that you water them in. And continue to water once a week up until freeze up makes a big, big difference. And uh, and Tony is is Jen on the line yet? Or all right, let's. I'm going to pull up Jen here and we'll chat with her after her long vacation traveling <laughs> all over Canada. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, my long vacation. What do you I know, mean? You gone for like two months, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it would appear that way by the you know the plants in the perennial house, but no, I had a I had a great little holiday with my daughter for her birthday over in BC, and so I was checking out all the vegetation there. Um, so much fun, but I I actually missed work and all you yeah. guys. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. I know. You're in for the long term, eh? It's true. It's a true story. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. I was just telling uh, the listeners earlier a couple of things to to do at this time of year. Just sort of look around in your yard, look for empty spots. What kind of color? What are you missing? Because a lot of time we don't do the fall flowering plants mm-hmm. in your yard. So, but those are some of the nicest ones, like the echinaceas and the rutabecas, and and even the quick fire hydrangeas. Like now they're turning that deep pink. Yep. Um, they they're white all summer, and then this time of year they start turning that dark pink. Um, just just beautiful. So, um, oh, it's so true. What, what what would you would you get in the greenhouse when you were gone? Somebody filled it up. I heard somebody filled it up. I know. I came back and like, what the heck? <laughs> I thought we were scaling down, but yeah, the inventory is beautiful and it looks so colorful. So good job, good job, Merle. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We have lots of new sedum in. It's gorgeous. Um, and that's another thing to think of, too, in terms of color, um, is the sedum is in, the echinacea, like you said. So those cone flowers, they're such a nice, rich color. Um, I think you've got three different types in there, uh, three different yeah. colors. 
Um, what else did we get? Hens and chicks is in there. We got some more globe flowers, um, the Madonna Shasta daisies, so the nice, a nice white, you know, to contrast other things. I saw foxglove is down there that's new. Some new hookara. You got some more daylilies. <laughs> you got all the things. And so it's... Well, I tried to get all the good flowering for the fall, right? Sure. Because at this time yep. of year, and then I got a couple hundred Carl Foresters. No big um, deal. Yeah, because right. everyone loves those, right? Because at this time of year, you see those gorgeous golden blooms. Yeah, you plumes, called it I guess, on that. Blooms. Yeah, people are absolutely and, noticing that. Yeah, and yeah. You, know, you see them around. They come in. What are those golden grass, right? Mm-hmm. But they're they're some of the best things for Calgary because it gives us that little bit more exotic look. They give you some winter interest, which is super nice because, yeah. unfortunately, eight months of the year, we, we are in that bad word, that winter thing. And... <laughs> So it's nice to have something to look at outside, like. Oh, it's and, true. No, you're right. And just it, keep those, keep those interests going, right? Yeah, it's um, it's true. And you know what else is interesting? So wandering through the greenhouses this morning as well, um, the birds are inside, as you know, and they're feeding as well. And so not only do they feed at our fur, our feeders, but the Joe Pie Weed, which has already done its blooming, but they're sitting on there. I tried to take a video, and, of course, by the time I got set up, they all left, but um, they sit on the top of the stalks, and they're munching on the Joe Pie Weed. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't realize that last year or the year before, but they, uh, yeah, so that was a really cool thing. So if people are looking for seeds, I, I remember I was talking about another one that they were sitting, what was I talking about? Oh, the uh, Rebecca. They sit and yeah. they'll, they'll eat those as well. So anyhow, and so, which you got a lot of those in as well. But um, I thought that was really interesting for for interest too. So. No, and that's, it does make it neat. And I'm going to, for next year, we're going to do up a couple, um, more bit more bird information for planters, some advice for people. Like even um, my hummingbird planter mm-hmm. from the outdoor, I have the big um, canna lilies. And then I have the Vermillionaire, and those things are um, hummingbird mag- magnets. Like I'm still, we start getting hummingbirds every day. I probably get four or five a day, and awesome. I just—it's awesome. I sit out on the deck, and they right beside you. And then actually, our hot tub's right beside it. So you're sitting in the hot tub, and these little hummingbirds, and they just come and they just—they don't see you in there, and they sort of right beside you. It's—it's it's pretty awesome. So it's <laughs> quite and, a sound, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they come all the way in, the, and they come all the way from Mexico up here not. to do their breeding, right? Yeah, and then not. they go back through the Rocky Mountains all the way back down to Mexico. Yeah, like it's. Uh, I don't have energy yeah. for that. That's crazy. Yeah, no, and they're they're so awesome. It's just nice if they you are. if you provide them a bit of habitat for certain birds that you like. You said some of those other flowering ones. It's it's amazing and it's beneficial in your yard too because mm-hmm. they eat a lot of the nasty bugs and all the other stuff. Exactly so, that. Yep. Yep. We got so, plans for next year. We'll be showing some more of those things so people can can see. We got some stuff in the works. Yeah. No. And yep. we got uh, a great team where you, you and Lisa and Jessica and the social media staff and Terry and Chris and and you guys are all gonna we're gonna do up some courses and classes and information sessions throughout the fall and winter to uh, just start spreading the spreading the word on the on the knowledge and all that stuff of because gardening is intimidating in Calgary but mm-hmm. we're able to do a lot more than a lot, a lot of people think and when you can push the zone you can do some things absolutely um, so yeah I got uh, a red rocket maple in the backyard so I'm hoping it's going to turn red here soon 
Nice. And uh, those have been hard to get this year, though. I haven't been able to get hardly any. So yeah. it just, and that's one thing I know you and Terry are working hard with our nurseries, getting all our pre-book done early. Yeah. So <laughs> ensuring that that's we nice. have, uh, yeah, getting that stuff in early so we can uh, ensure that we have all the good plant material for next spring. So you bet. Awesome. Is that cor- yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to? Yes, I want to. We haven't had them in in a while, but going through our tropical greenhouse, the jewel orchids are back. They're so pretty and they're so unique. And um, I'm growing one at home. I just love it. I just bought a second one. (laughs) But uh, the jewel orchids, come on in. Just come and chat with Jess or myself here in the Trop House, and we can show you where they are and tell you all about them. Jewel orchids are back. Uh, Lots of Hoyas are back. I know people have been looking for those. Um, We still have have those uh, four inch. Roses, the mini roses are in. I yeah. still have herbs in. I plan to have herbs in all year. We got a fresh batch of basil if people are looking. So there's lots of things. There's squirrels, you know, squirrels having little chats outside by the bird feeders. <laughs> I mean, lots of things <laughs> going on here. Crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jen. And uh, and don't forget to come down and see Jen and the team today. We have our big buy more, save more sale on. And uh, while colonies last, get there early, get the best selection, and uh, and see what's going on with the team down at Spruce It Up. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Merle. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. All right. If you want to join me after the break, give me a shout. Not 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone lines, but I got a quick text from uh, a a fellow that used to live here in Squeegee Jay. He's up in Yukon now. He moved up there, and he just sent some gorgeous pictures of the Yukon. So thank you so much, Jay, for sharing. That's very awesome, and I'm glad you're still listening from up up in the White Horse in the Yukon. So cheers. Awesome. Great to hear from you. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Alberta. Good morning, Alberta. Good morning. How you doing? Well, pretty good. I'm sort of puzzled about something, though. Uh, I phoned you, uh, oh, after Christmas about my husband's point, said I needed some fertilizer, and you gave me that, and that's been really great. Now what's happened is this thing has got into a big bush. And it's yep. all green. And I would like to know, is there any way that we can put the, get, get the red back in, in it now before Christmas? Yeah, right now, is it, you're actually right about the right time. You want to put it in the, in the closet. You have to put it in for 12 hours of pure darkness mm-hmm. and then 12 hours of light. So if you start doing that even today, and so just so if you bring it out at 8 o'clock and then put it in the closet at 8 at night, so just so no light hits it at all, just so it gets total darkness, and then bring it back out in the morning. It's a bit of a chore, but you need to do that every day. Or if you have a room that kind of gives you that 12 and 12. Oh, no, I have a room. I have a room I can do that with, yes. Uh, also, with my Christmas cactus, that's the same thing, isn't it? No, it doesn't really need the darkness. It just goes through cycles. And right oh. now, through the summer, like it bloomed... You probably got lots through the like early spring, early summer, um, and then they just stop for this period. They'll start blooming again coming up in sort of October, November. They'll oh, start okay. blooming again. All right. Just ensure uh, that you give it a shot of that same fertilizer, 15, 30, 15. Mm-hmm. 
and then I you will. should be good. But okay. yeah, with the poinsettias right now is a perfect time to start and uh, just putting it into that darkness and uh, and then bring it out light and oh. dark, light and dark. Okay, I'll All have right. to bring it home because it's in long-term care with my husband. There was one other question. I don't know if you can even find these anymore or not, are sweet William seeds. Um, typically, I know we do have them in the springtime, um, and definitely in our in, in our seed varieties. Um, but we might have still some in the seed racks right now. I can, it can check, or if you want to give the store a shout, you can give them a call. But typically, we get those. They usually come in fairly early, like in January, February, sort of thing. We get our seeds in. Oh, okay. I yep. didn't know if anybody even realized, you know, what what a beautiful, <laughs> uh, fragrant flower they are. Gorgeous, yeah. No, and we have actually really good. I I'll, I try to only deal with Western Canadian. That way, I get most of our good varieties that are hardy here as well. Mm-hmm. And we have a higher seed standards than a lot of the stuff out of the states. So um, you just end up with a better quality seed. So um, okay, and I definitely remember seeing Sweet William for sure. All right, we'll try that in the spring then. All Thank right, you sounds very good, much. Alberta. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to go to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, I'm in Canyon Meadows, and I had a vine, beautiful variegated vine, woody base. Each leaf was so unique and had a different variety of colors and patterns. I don't know the name, but eventually over the 10 years, it just kept dying back more and more each year. So I'm now looking at replacing it. Can you recommend a vine that requires part shade, um, probably even three-quarter shades from the west side of my house. Yeah, actually, the kiwi vine should do well in that spot. Okay. And you get really nice colors from it, too. You get some, even some pinks sometimes, reds, Wonderful. really quite gorgeous. Yeah, it's not super vigorous growing, especially in the shade. I'm wondering it, if that's what I had. <coughs> you could have. Um, but the, the leaves were fairly like, they're like, a I guess more of an arrow shape, I guess, or sort of like a, like a spade, like a, okay. No, I don't think that's what I had, but yeah, but those like... do, they do quite well in the shade. Um, and what other one, maybe hop, they need a bit more. You don't really get yeah. much from them either. Right. There's right. some of the clematis too. If you get, if you're getting some morning sun, if you're getting three or four hours of sun. No, not morning Okay. At all. What do you get, the afternoon or? Uh, no, not where it is. Okay. Basically evening, um, five o'clock-ish. Okay. Well, you could maybe try try the, like a Jack Manny Clematis mm-hmm. as well. Oh, If okay. it's getting from four to five on in the summertime, you might be able to get some blooms on it. Okay. All right. I will try that. Now, this kiwi vine. Is it available um, now, or should I wait uh, until the spring? If it is, I am not sure if we have any in stock right now, but typically we would have it. So um, I would just even pop down to the garden center and have a look. It, it, if, it, if we do, it'll be in our sale anyways. Okay. I did bring in some other vines, so um, I, and I can't remember if, I, if we had any of the kiwi left right now. Okay, wonderful. I will do that today so that I'm free for the game, the big game tomorrow. Absolutely. Right. Go Stamps Go. For, yes. Thank you for your help, right. Merrill. Appreciate it. Thanks, Margaret. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Partly cloudy and 19 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning. From Global News, it's 9.30. I'm Jeff Smith. A man is dead after being struck by a C-train. Police say the man, believed in his 50s, was walking on the LRT line near Deerfoot and Memorial when he was hit at around 2 a.m. That caused some road closures. They've since reopened. Calgary Pride has been given an exemption from the new 10 p.m. liquor cutoff for this weekend. The exemption covers 12 of its venues, but organizers say it came too late for Saturday because they had already made some schedule and shift changes. A number of Alberta rodeos this weekend have also been given exemptions. Calgary-based CP Rail is back in the running in its bid to take over Kansas City Southern. The U.S. transportation regulator put a roadblock in the path of a bid from rival CN. Partly cloudy today, breezy and a high of 26, down to 10 tonight. For Labor Day Monday, partly cloudy, breezy and a high of 22. It's 19 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, coverage year-round, full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I got a couple of quick little texts, because hi, is this normal? It is planted this spring. Thank you for your help, Lee. It's a big mugle pine, and I'm starting to see a fair bit of this right now. Um, the centers of a lot of the pine trees are starting to go yellow. It is definitely normal. Just ensure that you're watering your pines and your evergreens going into fall, winter. Um, but that's when it's in the center like that, Lee, you're totally fine. It's just uh, that's just a natural shedding process that that they do, and sometimes they'll happen a little bit more when you uh, when you just plant something. To you get a little bit of transplant shock, so um, so you're good to go on that, Lee. And right now, I'm going to go to. Rodney. Good morning, Rodney. Hey. Hey, uh, good morning, Merle. A good few morning. years back, good morning. Uh, a, a few years back, I started, uh, successively started a goji berry tree. Okay, and nice. After a couple of years, I had berries producing wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, sadly, the property sold, and of course, now I don't have the goji berry tree with me. However, I have successfully restarted uh, seeds again, and a number of times, three or four times, I've tried putting them out so far this year, and they all just seem to fizzle slowly, kind of fizzle, just kind of die. And yeah, now, I'm, how big I'm a just, root system are you getting? Like, like how big are they before you put them outside? Yeah, they probably I weren't that big. Uh, mm, oh, maybe the root gangling thing was maybe about three inches long. Maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a little um, tough on them to put them in the yard. You're better to leave them in a in a pot for a lot longer and just establish a root system. Because when okay. they get put into that, then you put them into the ground too early. They just kind of – and I've seen that lots. I've tried it even with some willow cuttings and certain things. If I put them out too early, they just – they don't – because when you, when, you, when you have them – in the smaller thing, you're looking after them. You give them more and more moisture, right. and then this that transition into the ground, they just don't get the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I have held out, and I still got my last two hopes, and they are bigger, and they are in a pot. So okay. should I just keep on going until maybe freeze up, and then put them in? Or I would again, I would probably just keep them going. And then, do you have an unheated garage or something like that? Yeah, back porch. Back yeah. porch. Or, yeah. Even that, just keep them in a shady location, cover them with mulch, 
and just I would leave them in the pot or bury the pot in the ground and then just mulch over a little bit. Okay, yeah, okay. I, and, I live in a pretty cold spot in the winter, that's for sure. So, yeah, um, <laughs> but if they're going to be outside, then um, the only problem is some of that little stuff too. You just got to watch the mice and and things. But even if you leave it on the patio, sort of in the in a cool spot or unheated garage or something, and then just leave them for winter that way. Okay. And then just get them going yeah. in the spring because they do need that the dormant time. Okay. Um, it, so leaving them in a pot over the winter is okay. Okay. I, I thought maybe that wasn't good to leave things in pots. Well, it is as long as you don't leave it out right in the full sun. Okay. Because then they just get with our unfortunately or fortunately it's nice when we get our chinooks. But that's right. why in, in Edmonton they can grow things in pots, and we can't in Calgary because okay. we're a lot. We have less success because of our chinooks, which we enjoy. Right. But yeah. then that warms up everything, dries out the soil, and then the plants desiccate. Yeah, yeah. Don't have in Edmonton, that. they don't get that so so much. Yeah, I live in East Cooley, which is down the valley oh, okay. from Haller. So yeah, so it's pretty cold in the winter here. So. My okay. uncle used to always go hunting there. That was uh, one of his favorite spots. He was oh, an yeah. RCMP officer way back when, and he yeah. would uh, he always talked about going to East Cooley. So yeah. whenever I hear that, I always think of my Uncle Al. So there you cool. go. Okay, well, Merle, I'll just kind of hold yeah, tight on just, that, and then I, I guess it's going to be kind of Yeah, just put him in a, in a sheltered spot. Like, just put him in a shady spot then. And this, yeah. if you can pile some, even pile some snow up against them, or yeah. or just in a corner somewhere, um, you should be good though, because that's and a then, pretty uh, even growing area. So, in the spring, then when do you figure transplant? Early April? I mean, or May? <laughs> I, I would even I would let them grow, and and make sure they come up, and then I would I would wait until sort of July. Oh, I'd really? let them get okay. that good growth in the pot again. Okay. Get them, get okay. them, let them establish some more root system. Because okay. it's one of the biggest things. Even when we bring things from our nurseries that grow for us, we don't. We we really strict on when we bring them in, and if they're not ready yet, because they just it just the success rate just drops tremendously right. if the roots aren't established enough. When because okay. then you you pull them out of the pot, then that hurts them again, and then right, right. So okay. just. Keep, keep them in there as long as you can. Like I said, I'd wait till midsummer next year. Okay, and, great. Uh, and then plant at that time. Okay, super. Thank you, Merle. All right, take care. Okay. Yeah, Thanks, bye. Rodney. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Marley. Good morning, Hello. Marley. Hi, Hi good there. morning. Hi. Oh, yes. So it's such a wonderful Sunday treat. I always look forward. Anyway, I have a question. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I do as well, just so you know. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, uh, West Coast seeds. I don't even. I never heard about it. But uh, a lady at Rockview uh, a nurse gave me uh, this. I don't know. Never heard about it. Cucamelon. Yeah, uh, cucamelons. Yep. Do you have the seeds at your store? Uh, we we typically do. I'm not sure if they've all been packed up. We do have West Coast seeds. We actually sell the cucumelon plants in the springtime, oh. and we also have the seeds as well. So I'm a little late, I guess. Maybe in spring I'll, you know, yes. stop by. But it's, I'd never heard of it, I guess, between cucumber and melon. Yeah, well, they look like a little miniature watermelon. Like they're sort of little round. Uh, oh, yeah. Pretty tasty little cucumbers. So. Okay. And I want to add something about the first caller you had, uh, Alberta. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, I have a poinsettia my daughter gave me years ago, and since I received it, it has bloomed all year round, and I don't understand. It's um, south side, never changed the position. It has uh, red, nice blooms. I, I'm surprised. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. Typically, they'll go green, and then they start changing color like once you get into the November, December. Yeah. But that, if you're getting that, just leave it where it is and oh, just yeah. enjoy it. And it's wonderful. I'm I'm surprised. I'm I'm really shocked. But anyway, I love it. Thank you so awesome. much. Okay. Thank you. Thanks bye. for the call. Yeah. Take bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to take a break. If you want to join me after the break, phone lines are open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Got a quick text, which I, I kind of like it this time of year, which you get a lot. What should I do when I move a plant from the garden into the house to prevent bugs and other damage? Is there something I should water with? I, I definitely, I like to hose all the foliage down with a little uni nozzle of some sort. Typically, I would spray it with pure spray green just to make sure I get any kind of bugs out there. I also... Um, determine whether it needs to get transplanted at that time because it's much nicer if you can just do it outside before you bring it in. If you want to put it into a nice new pot, do it just before you bring it inside, which would be great. Um, but that would be about it. And maybe give it one more good, really flushing. Um, if it doesn't need transplanting or if you do transplant it, make sure you give it a really good watering and then you can fertilize it with a 15-30-15 or 10-52-10 to help get the roots going. But typically, that's what I do. I just give it a good flushing through um, the soil, give it that one last water, and give it a good fertilizer before I bring it inside. And uh, and that should be it. Just just more to give it a good little cleanup. And I'm going to be moving my lemon and my bougainvillea inside here probably this coming week. Sort of watch the forecast. These cool nights are starting to come at it. So uh, I got a couple of those outside that I want to move in to enjoy them over the winter time and have them ready to put back out in the spring. But right now I'm going to go to Diana. Good morning, Diana. Hi. Um, I have a quick question for you. Okay. The, um, I inherited a Nanking cherry tree and it's been sort of, it's in our yard and it's been growing really well for the last long time. And okay. uh, my mother and my grandmother uh, had a habit of with Chinooks here in Calgary, uh, that when it got warm between fall and spring, they would put warm water sh with sugar in it and put it at the base of the tree. I didn't do that last year. My tree looks even better this year than it has in decades. And I'm just wondering, have you ever heard of this? Is, or is this no. just sort of... So I've would never, you recommend... I don't even know. What would they do it for? Like just... Uh... Well, they said it was because the the changing in the weather. So, like, we would go from cold when they said that they thought the tree would sort of go dormant, and then it would get warm with the Chinook, so then they would have to go out and put this warm water sugar mixture in it just to keep it going, and then it would go dormant again with the cold. But I got, I didn't do it, and we I thought we had a typical winter last year. and. Yep. And my yeah, tree looks beautiful. Yeah, I know. No, you typically, I've never really heard of that. I think okay. that's just something maybe someone did it and it lived, so they thought, okay, it did it, it did well because I did that, and <laughs> sort of, you know okay. what I mean, like. Yes, I, I do. 
That's why yeah, I wanted to find out because I don't plan to do it again this year. Then I just nope. want to make sure I'm not going to hurt the tree. So what I have been doing is, you know, those fertilizer pills that are for trees and bushes or shrubs yep. or something. So I put one down into the ground for it, and I do one for my other little bushes. And then my spruce tree, my spruce tree, I have another one that I give it three fertilizers along the perimeter. Those stakes, uh, yep. Yeah, and. Um, knock on wood. I mean, we did have an exceptionally good year, but uh, all of them are doing really well. I mean, they all bloomed. They all had fruit on them. They, you know, are cones. Perfect. So and you're, you're doing everything right. It's just the most important thing is is watering sort of throughout the summer, and then mm-hmm. it really important for your nankin cherry and your evergreens that you're talking about is just watering really well. Like once we get mid September up until freeze up. Like if okay. you can give all your trees a good soaking once a week at least, like just okay. that really helps put them to bed, keeps them frozen for the winter time, and and that makes all the difference because then they don't dry out, they don't desiccate over the winter, and uh, they have lots of nourishment, lots of hydration for in the spring when they send out all that new growth, okay. and especially with our fruit trees and things, that's what hurts a lot of them if they go to bed dry, and then when they wake up early spring. And if we're not watering, there's not enough uh, moisture in the ground for the plants to totally foliate. And right. also, because they, they do so much in the spring, right? They foliate, they produce blooms, they start mm-hmm. setting all the buds for their for the fruit and all that. So there's a lot right. going on. So they need all that food and energy in there. And uh, so, so you're doing everything right. And those, those stakes, they're a good maintenance thing, but it's still good to give your trees and shrubs a little shot of of a liquid fertilizer once in a while just to and the, oh, like okay. I said the those those stakes are just they're good maintenance but it, it takes quite a long time for them to break out break down and and really give but like I said they're a good all purpose vitamin I guess sort of thing if you have healthy trees they're fine so Okay so what kind of liquid fertilizer is the best one oh, I should be getting For for your Nankin cherry I would use like a 15 30 15 you okay. want a high middle number because that produces blooms and fruit. And right. for your evergreen, I would do a 30-10-10. 30-10-10. Okay, good. All right, I will do that. That's great. And my poinsettia, I put him in a dark room. Is it for just one month and then bring him out? Or? No, r- right right up until you just start seeing him change color. So some, it might be six to eight weeks. Oh, okay, good to know. All right, thank you. Have a great long weekend. Bye. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm just going to probably take a break. If you want to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to... Mark. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. We planted uh, an apple tree and just wondering what we should put in. We've got your Rage Plus and also your root starter, um, transplant starter. Which should we put in? It's been in the ground for about three weeks. Um, We also have some of those stakes, the fruit tree stakes. What yeah, those I would wait till spring to put the the stakes in. Like like I was saying to the earlier caller, those are just yeah. they're a good just maintenance, just a supplement, sort of like taking that everyday vitamin type thing. Yeah. Um, but once in a while, the with 
that apple tree, have you given it either the Rage Plus or the transplant starter yet? No, neither. Just wait. Okay, I would say. I would do the transplant fertilizer right now. You can do that. Just water it well first and then give it a shot of that transplant fertilizer. Okay. And, yeah, Rage and Plus? do that if you did this week and then next week, I would wait. The Rage Plus, I would probably just wait till next spring. Like, um, it's it's more of a natural living one, but you can use it on all your house plants. You can use it on all your existing trees and shrubs. Um, and, and it's it's a great all purpose. And uh, so I would just wait till till spring to use the Rage Plus if you're going to use the transplant fertilizer first. Okay, and then just one shot of the transplant fertilizer, or no? I would do it um, three weeks consecutively, like sort of. If you went today, then do it again in a week and then again in a week. And that way it'll ensure it's going to get lots of good phosphate for next spring. It's going to use up all that good food early spring. Continue to water it right, right up until freeze up. And are you in a newer area or older area in town? An older, it's an older area. Okay. okay. Do you have any rabbits or mice or anything? Like, because um, in some of the areas, when you put a new apple tree, the mice and rabbits love the fruit trees. So I would make sure you put some sort of protection around like stucco wire or some sort of protection around the trunk and, uh, and just don't pile the snow up around the trunk of it. Um, okay. Cause that just lets the mice and they like to go in there and they, they'll chew all the bark off the, they love fruit trees. So just, just to ensure that. So. Yeah. If you remember, I called you about a month ago um, and she sent you a picture of our apple tree where it had been eaten around the edge, and then you suggested yeah. changing it. So yeah, okay, yeah. So you're, you're well aware. Okay, so let's yeah, get let's get wire. this one protected. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much for your time. All right, thanks, Mark. Take Bye. care. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Andrew. Good morning, Andrew. Hi. Good morning. Hi. Hey, can I, how can I help you? Uh, so I've got a couple of questions for you. So last year or last spring, sorry, we had uh, we have some aspen column in our trees, and we had them removed because they were kind of reaching the end of their life. Yeah. But now that we've just got the roots, we're noticing we're getting some like sprouts, random, almost looks like small trees throughout the yard. What? Yeah, you're going to get suckers coming up. Yeah. Um, what you could do is you did you guys kill the stump or have it ground? So we the problem is right now we have a deck right beside it. So they told us we couldn't do that because we couldn't get their equipment in. So like, okay. is there a, like is um, I, yeah. I, so what I would do is we have this stuff called uh, stump rot. So you have to drill holes in it and then you pour this substance down into the trunk okay. and it'll rot it from the from the inside out. And okay. are the are the roots sticking out of the grass or is it just these suckers every so often? Um, the roots are fairly buried in uh, where they are. Okay. But, yeah, okay, that's good. But the problem also is our neighbor right beside us has the exact same trees, but it appears yeah. like theirs aren't quite at the same life cycle cycle ours were. Um, do we need to be concerned about their trees though, or is it just not with the not ours? with the root rot? If I was to use Roundup or something, I'd probably be more concerned. But what I would do is on those little suckers, you could just. Even just get a cloth, like put a rubber glove on and then put a cloth glove on over top. And okay. if you get some Roundup, you can just rub it on the leaves on those suckers or get a little sponge brush and paint them on just to kill those. 
and then okay. it'll, it won't kill the whole tree or nothing. It'll just kill all those suckers coming up. Okay. All right, perfect. And my other question, uh, I have a question about top feeding my lawn. So uh, when we moved in, our front yard was just like a garden with lots lots of like large boulders and we yeah. kind of wanted the yard so i put the uh, yard in but i now i'm noticing like i did a pretty good job of leveling it but i think because the boulders were so large it settled a little bit more in places what do you recommend and when can i top feed and level and what what should i use like a sand or should i just use uh like compost or, or what no i would use this like we have a garden mix you can use or just straight screened loam if you get a good screened loam is great as well and I would probably wait till spring now because our grass and everything is slowing down. And okay. so I would do it early spring, like do, do a good power raking. And then I'd fertilize with our green it up with the 1632.6, green it up lawn okay. fertilizer. And then just top dress those those lower areas and just fill them in, level them out, pack them in. And you'll be amazed at how fast that grass will grow through that. If you're doing it sort of like an inch at a time, um, you'll you'll be filled in before you know it. Perfect. All right. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye take bye. care. Bye bye. All right. I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and 19 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Jeff Smith. Calgary police say a man has been struck and killed by a sea train. It happened around 2 this morning. Police tell Global News the man was walking on an LRT line when he was hit. He's believed to have been in his 50s. The incident caused the shutdown of a connecting road in the Memorial Drive Deerfoot Trail interchange. Those closures have since reopened. Calgary Pride has been exempted from the 10 p.m. liquor curfew for this weekend. Organizers tell Global News the exemption covers 12 venues for Saturday and Sunday, but the exemption Came too late for Saturday. Many people had already changed schedules and shifts. Asina Juma with Calgary Pride says they had planned all along for adjustments. So when we unveiled our programming back in June, we definitely created a a blended format where if the restrictions were as they were in April or if they were going to be completely lifted, we had a program that we could sort of carry out regardless. Meanwhile, Pinoka Stampede confirms on its website that it was granted exemptions, saying the Wild West Chuck Wagon Championship was determined to be an outdoor special event. Masks aren't required, and it's exempt from the 10 p.m. liquor cutoff. And two other rodeo events say they have been granted exemptions as well. With a severe shortage of staffing in hospitals, AHS says contract nurses will be hired, but the Director of Labor Relations for the UNA, David Harrigan, is expecting those nurses to be paid a lot more than the existing locally-based ones. Harrigan says the province has done a poor job at recruiting people into the field. We have a huge shortage, and what can we do to to attract people to come and work for us? And, you know, cancelling their vacations, making them work overtime, moving them from site to site, telling them that, that, that they're going to get a cut in pay, that's not the way to attract people. He says you need to retain new employees so that they want to work for AHS. U.S. Railway Kansas City Southern has agreed to re-engage with Calgary-based Canadian Pacific after the U.S. transportation regulator placed a roadblock in the path of a bid from rival Canadian National. Kansas City Southern says its board of directors unanimously determined that CP's unsolicited proposal, worth about $31 billion U.S., including debt, could, quote, reasonably be expected to lead to it becoming a superior proposal to CN's bid, which is worth around $33.6 billion, including debt. KCS intends to provide CP with non-public information 
and to engage in discussions and negotiation. Decision Canada on Global News Radio. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh says if elected, he would commit $1 billion to ramp up COVID-19 vaccine uptake in hard-to-reach communities. Speaking in Ottawa this morning, Singh also called for changes to the criminal code to prevent aggravated assault against healthcare workers. And we want to specifically protect healthcare workers by changing the criminal code to make it an aggravating offense, an aggravating element to in any way impede or assault or any way threaten a healthcare worker in the course of their duties. It is just not on. There is no way that a healthcare worker should have to deal with any threats or intimidation on top of the already difficult situation they're dealing with. Singh also says he wants to put into place a national vaccine passport that Canadians can use domestically and abroad to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination. Liberal leader Justin Trudeau is talking about gun control in Markham, Ontario. Conservative Party leader Aaron O'Toole is on the West Coast. The Stampeders say Jake Mayer will get the start in tomorrow's Labor Day Classic against Edmonton, but Levi Mitchell has been moved to the one-game injured list. Global News Sky Tracker weather, partly cloudy and breezy today, high 26, low of 10 tonight, 22 tomorrow. It's 19 degrees at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines and I'm going to chat with Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? I have a question that I hope you can answer. Um, the dye that is used in mulch, you know, the red mulch, is yeah. that uh, bad for an animal to walk on for dogs? No, um, to, uh, and I, I, don't, I don't know every variety. I know the stuff that we carry is all a food grade dye okay. that they use. Um, but I don't know, like we carry, um, it's, the, it's a local company here that we do, but it's all a food color dye. So oh, there okay. it, it's, and we get, and our bulk stuff is from Spray Lakes. So it's, it's the same food, food safe. I would just check on what brand you have, but if you did get it from us, you're safe. Um, but like I said, I'm not sure on every other brand out there. So, yeah, no, because I just thought that, you know, the dyes that are used, um, that I would assume they should be, but you know, you don't know a hundred percent. So, yeah, well, this brand is the Naturescape Scott. Yeah. And that's, that's one I don't know. That's more of a box store one. We don't carry that one. Um, but like I said, I would just read the back of it if there's a on the package, it would say. But I I would assume I, I would just check. Like I said, like okay. I said, we 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 definitely make sure the ones we we get in are the food safe dye because we get asked that quite a bit. So especially with kids and dogs. Oh, all and right. Stuff, so. Thank you. All right. Take hey, care. Bye. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Mo. Hey, how can I help you? Just a quick question for you. I used, yes, I've used your Green Green Adapt All Season Lawn Fertilizer this year for the first time, and have had great results. Now, awesome. I'm wondering whether I have left the full fertilizer too late, or can I still apply the? 
No, right now is a great time. Actually, this is the sort of perfect time to. I'm about to do my last application here in the next week or so as well. Oh, so good. Probably this week. Yep. No, right now is a good time. Gets it in there. Um, yep. Gives it the nutrients to get through the winter a little bit for spring, and then hit it when you start seeing some green early spring, and then you'll be set off to the races and nice green grass again next year. Well, we've had our lawn's been as good as it's ever been, so we we're, we're very happy with that. Well, that's good to hear. Glad Thanks glad that much. worked out for you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You Bye. too. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Duncan. Good morning, Duncan. Oh hi, how are you? Good, good. Um, how can I help you? I I think I talked to you before. I have a tomato box. It has three different varieties in it. It's about okay. five by five, but right now it's a mass of leaves on the top. So how much can I take out? Because all the tomatoes in there are still green. Yeah, I would take off about, you could even take off about 25%. Okay. Now, um, what makes the tomato turn red? Is it the sun? Yeah, it's it's a bit of and just time as it matures, um, mm -hmm. it, and it is the sun and just getting that maturity because everyone talks about kind of get a vine ripened, right? Yeah, it's just just a matter of time, and and definitely the warmth helps out. Uh, if it gets too cold, they'll sit. Yeah, so I just know. keeping keep the plant actively growing, and it looks like our weather for the next couple of weeks looks great. So yeah, I, I'd rather not bring them in. I've done that before. <laughs> Yeah. I've done it when there's snow on the ground, but I hang them up in the basement, eh? And then yeah. eventually, the I don't know, they, they what do they do? Produce ethylene? Well, yeah, they can, and so that's why you don't want to put them like like if you have flowers in a in a fridge or something like that. Cause no, no, really yeah, promote that gas. But yeah, a lot of people just wrap them in to, in newspaper. Oh, right, okay. And then keep them in a cool, dark place, then bring them up and then put them on the counter as you want them to ripen. Yeah, okay. Um, I put in four new uh, plants in front of my window this year. It's in the back. Yeah. And um, there was one there, um, it, like, I don't know, I can't remember the name of it. But anyways, it, the, the leaves were falling off it. But when I looked at the plant, the, um, the root ball was right at the surface of the of the ground. I thought maybe that's the problem with it. Yeah, they they probably should have been buried a little bit deeper. Yeah, okay. And so it probably dried out a bit more cuz the with the roots exposed and then the leaves would fall off cuz that's a lot of times and it doesn't necessarily mean a plant dies when it drops its leaves. It's that's just mother nature's way. That's their first defense yeah. mechanism. But, they drop yeah. they but, drop foliage just to shut down so that way they can preserve um, the life within itself. So maybe just yeah. bury it a little bit deeper. Yeah, I did watered in night. good. Yeah, and just bury it watered in good, and then just let it do its thing and see what happens next spring. Yeah, um, I have an apple tree, and this uh, the silly thing this year have lots and lots of apples, but that tree is actually about fifteen years old. Um, the, I had an arborist come up and he says, "Well, you should just cut it down." But I hate to do that. It has a great Why would you do if it's nice and healthy and and if it just needs some shaping? Yeah, I, I definitely probably wouldn't just cut it down because if it's like I said, if it's nice and healthy, it just needs a little little bit of pruning. Yeah. Um. And and apple trees don't mind being shaped a bit, and you can just 
prune some of the height out of them. They don't mind being grown a bit more horizontal, so it's easier to pick the fruit as well. Yeah. So do you do that in the fall or in the spring? Um, either one. In, in for now, like you said, if you, it depends how much you're taking off. If you're under that 20%, right now is fine. Yeah, okay. It'll heal over great. And but yeah, yeah def, if it's nice and healthy, I don't know why you why he would recommend to take it down. So well, I mean, the, the tree is so old that the, the bark's starting to split, eh? Okay, so maybe that's why. Maybe there's some health issues with it that he figures it's only going to have two or three years left in it. So you're, maybe it's it's better just to. But to, to take an apple tree down with a girth of, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe 12 inches, maybe a little bit more, that, that's a big job. And secondly, it's it's very inaccessible. It's right in the backyard overlooking a hill. So it's not going to work. Yeah. And yeah, then no, you've got to take all the roots. You, yeah, no, they come in and grind the roots out. and uh, But that's something our team at Pruned It Up would handle no problem. Yeah. So, okay. Even if you want a second opinion, give Mark a call. Okay. And uh, and he comes out. He does free estimates. He'll have a look at it and give you some good advice. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyways, thank you very much for your help. All right. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. Where am I at for time? I'm good. I'm gonna go to Dwight. Good morning, Dwight. Hey. Happy Sunday, buddy. Hey. How you doing? Too bad. You. Good. Good. So you want to have a little been... trip to Vegas, eh? Yeah. Went to Vegas last week. Whatever it was, and. Uh, Got to experience all the fun of the of the Vegas thing and uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and three days of a trade show, so lots yeah, of fun. Awesome, awesome. All right, I've just got a curiosity question for you. Um, yeah. I bought some nice petunias last year. Yeah, and they're real, real dark purple, nice purple. And uh, I put planted them in one of the flower boxes in the greenhouse, and and then when they went to seed, I saved the seeds, and then I planted them early spring this year, early, early. And they all came up. The question I have is they're not purple anymore. They're kind of a pinky red color. Yeah. So do they, so they'll do they they'll a lot of the time they'll revert yeah, they'll revert back because a lot of the seeds, especially in the petunias, have been bred okay. um, for certain things. So a lot of time when you go second and third generation, they'll revert back to more of the original or whatever okay. they mix them with. So so you get a so, mixture of the two. So So is it the seed guys that do it or the actual growers? The growers, well, the seed guys that provide the the seed for them, like they, but a lot of them are done by cuttings. Like most, a lot of the petunias, it depends which one they are. Like some of the super petunias and stuff are all produced or propagated by cuttings nowadays. Oh, um, okay. If it, there's regular petunias, they're doing seed, but when they're doing propagation, they have a lot more control of it. So. Oh, so if you if you cut, take a cutting from a dark purple one, it'll stay dark purple. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, nice. Okay. All righty. Well, thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Dwight. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. And I got one more on the line here. We're going to go to Rose. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Merle. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, I I have, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, junipers that had winter kill. You know, the branches went yeah. totally uh, dead or looked appeared to be brown and dead. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, is it a good time now to cut that off? I've waited the majority of the year to see if some would come they, back. They won't. They will never come back. They never come back. Yeah. So how now how, when they, when an evergreen goes brown, it's basically you should just remove it right away. You mean the whole plant? 
The whole bush? No, no, just all the brown stuff. Oh, all the brown. Uh, because partially, you know, they've come back on certain limbs. So you say cut the other part totally off, even the large yeah, limbs. If it's brown. No, only if the only cut off the brown foliage. Okay, not the not the limbs, the nice strong limbs. Yes. Okay, and uh, what about fertilizing this time of year them to see Abs- if they? Well, um, it's not going to do a lot because it's basically downloading. Okay. And I would definitely what I would do is just feed it, and you can still feed it, but so that that way the the nutrients will be there for in the spring when it sends out new growth. Okay. So I would. I would look at doing a thirty ten ten on that. Okay, so you're saying just cut off uh, the, the branches, but leave the strong uh, limbs like leave them yeah. like sticks to see if it comes back. Well, no, yeah, some of it you can, but I would if they're brown, I would take everything off then. Like if that whole branch is brown, I would take it off because it, it turns of it coming back, it won't come back. Yeah, like I'm saying, you know, it's a finer branch to a very strong limb. So you say cut uh, just the branch to the strong limb and leave that strong limb to see if it'll come back. Absolutely. Okay, okay. I'm good with that. 30-10-10. Yep. Okay, thank you, Merle. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks, Rose. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. right. And on those two, what you want to do is ensure that your – Give all your evergreens a really good hosing down here right now at this time of year. It's a perfect time. Get out there with your hose, day like this, hose all your evergreens down. It knocks all the dust, the bugs, and all that stuff out of there and uh, and really helps. Sort of gives them that refreshing shower going into fall, which would really be helpful. And if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Cowboys Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. And we got Kim on the line. Good morning, Kim. Hey, good morning. I've got um, three quick three questions. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so um, the first one has to do with, I'm getting some suckering from one of those towering columnar type trees. Yep, and the just, columnar aspen, whatever. I think so. It's not my tree. So, what, so I don't. it just means you, okay, if it's sort of in your neighbors and it's coming up through your yard? Yeah, but the distance away is so large. I'm just wondering if there's some kind of relationship between the height of the tree and the horizontal reach of the roots to determine. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they can send out suckers pretty far out. And it's more when it's not getting enough water. Okay. So, um, so maybe there's water, but it's not in your yard. But if he... Maybe waters a bit more. So all you can do is just dig down and cut those out is all I would do. Okay. Or you could just touch them up with a little bit of Roundup. So and it's, there's a, it's not unrealistic it, for the root to extend out like 30 feet? Um. Oh, they will. If it's a big old aspen, they can go yeah, 20, 30 feet quite okay. easily. Okay. No, yeah. that's all I need to know about that. Because that's how they reproduce too. Like aspens are typically a colony tree. Right. So as that one gets older and dies off, it sends all those root system out to send out all kinds of babies will start coming up from there. Okay. So that's sort of its natural re- reproduction cycle. Okay. 
And then uh, my next question has to do with the density of cone production on the conifers. Is that any kind of an indication of the health of the tree, like depending on how many cones they're producing or not? Yeah, sometimes if they're producing lots of cones, they're a little bit typically a little bit more stressed out. Okay. So you'll see big clusters at the top because um, that sort of triggers, uh, hey, I'm not feeling that good. i got to reproduce, so it sends out a ton more pine cones. Okay. And then the third question is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Techni cedar. Yep. Okay. Do you, do you know what the usual average maximum height of those trees are? They can get up. Yeah, they can get up to eight to ten. It just takes quite a long time. Yeah, no, mine's that, taller than that. Now it's bumping into spruce branches, and I don't know whether just to let them fight it out or not. Yeah, so it's taller than ten feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but I just well, didn't know yeah, how much more it would grow in height. So, and that's where they're fairly easy to, like, if you just want to trim off the top without digging into two, like, that way you're not getting into any of the thick branches. Yeah. You can you could top them off and kind of keep them at a certain height now. Okay. Um, but they should max out. Like I said, I've very rarely seen them past that. I think sort of the top is 15 on those. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks very much. Thanks for your help. Enjoy you're, your weekend. You're welcome. Yeah. Take care. Thanks. Bye. You too. Thanks, Kim. Bye-bye. All right. And... I got a, a text here. Animals have eaten all of next year's buds off my young spruce and pine trees planted in the spring. Will they survive? Um, they will survive. Just ensure you water it well. Fertilize it with 30-10-10. Um, it's probably going to miss some of the new growth, but it'll send out new buds and hopefully will be good. Yeah, the deer and that love a lot of the fresh new little uh, buds because that's sort of where the sweet, all the moisture is and all that fun stuff. So. I would definitely uh, just ensure that you water it very well and, and see how that goes and should be okay. Right now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Stacy. Good morning, Stacy. Hi there. Hi. How can I help you? Um, I am teaching an online program to adults with disabilities. And okay. part of that is I would like them to plant some plants. What is a good okay. plant to start from seed? indoors with medium sunlight um i would probably and if you look for something you want to create some success right yeah that's yeah. fairly easy to start <clears throat> so i would either do something even like marigolds or some of the sunflowers um there's some smaller ones that you can grow that that will germinate really quite quickly and okay. give people success right off the bat without okay. Like if you try and do like a house plant over the winter or something, like that, a lot of them just take so long. Like I had a teacher come in a while ago and she was trying to grow something that, and it was like the germination is like three months, and you're, oh, everyone loses interest. Yeah, no, it's no fun at all. So you want some like a marigold? You plant it today; it's going to germinate in two days. It's up, it's growing, and then it's sort of your three week project. You're you're done, and it's almost ready to start blooming, right? So okay, that's. That's more what you want. If you want, if you could call the store um, at this time of year, a lot of times we we have excess seeds from our last year that we're able to give away to certain charities and schools and stuff like that. So maybe just call the store or send an email to us. If you go to our website, there's a contact us thing. Okay. And I should be able to help you out with some seeds if you're in our area and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, so. actually, I was going to pop by this afternoon, so that's wonderful. Yeah, and we, I don't know what we have in, if we have any of that in right now, but if we do, you can ask for Jen, but if not, just leave your name and number, and then I'll get back in touch with you. Great. Well, thank you so much for the help. 
no, of course, love to help out on that kind of stuff. Anybody we can get growing, I think it's always good. So definitely, thank you again. All right, take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and and I and I do that with a lot of things. That if you're going to start growing seeds or and I know you guys have heard me talk about people starting gardens or vegetable gardens, and I'll see them walk you through the garden center, and they're so excited. They have 500 packs of seeds, and a lot of times I'll just stop them and say, hey, is this your first time or your experience? And if it's their first time, I'd probably recommend they put about half of them or more back because you just you really want to get the love of gardening, get the success of gardening um, without overwhelming yourself because – if you get too much and it's a big job and nothing does well, then you're going to give up on it right away. But if you get some good success and you, and you seed some veggies that come up really fast, like radishes or like I suggested to Stacy is like marigolds and things like that, because they typically germinate 100% success rate. They, they germinate quite quickly and you're going to get success. So it gives you the confidence to move to the next levels. And if you start with some of the hardest things, you're never going to get that success. And and then it just takes the fun out of gardening. And that's not why we want to do it. We want to have some fun, have some success. And then that way you can move on and, and progress or just stay at that level, whichever you like. But right now, I better take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and 21 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning. From Global News, it's 10.30. I'm Jeff Smith. A man is dead after being struck by a C-train. Police say the man, believed in his 50s, was walking on the LRT line between the zoo and Barlow Max Bell stations early this morning when he was hit. It caused some road closures at the Deerfoot and Memorial Interchange, but they've since reopened. Calgary Pride has been given an exemption from the 10 p.m. liquor cutoff for this weekend. The exemption covers a dozen venues. Organizers say it came largely too late for Saturday because they had already made some schedule and shift changes. A number of rodeos this weekend have been given exemptions as well. Calgary-based CP Rail is back in the running for its bid to take over Kansas City Southern. The U.S. transportation regulator put a roadblock in the path of a bid from rival CN. So KCS says it will engage in discussion and negotiations with CP. Partly cloudy and breezy today with a high of 26. Down to 10 tonight, 22 and partly cloudy tomorrow. It's 21 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Jeff Smith. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Oh, uh, thanks very much, uh, Merle. Uh, I grow tomatoes uh, in my backyard there, and I've done it for many years. But this year, for some reason or other, a number of them got the tomato blossom rot. Yeah, so... Typically, that's when you grow some of the larger tomatoes, and it, it it's it's a lack of calcium in yeah. the soil. So most of the good tomato fertilizers have a calcium supplement added to them, or we have a blossom end rot product that you can add to to your soil when you water, mm-hmm. and it just builds the calcium up in the soil, and that will help stop a lot of that blossom end rot. Oh, I see. I used a, a fertilizer that I did get from Spruce It Up. It was in a black bottle, and it says it contains calcium. And uh, okay. just some of my tomatoes have done this. 
I wondered if uh, it makes any sense to uh, work some bone meal in in the fall into my yard. It, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, and the, the blossom end rot is also something caused by um, um, inconsistent watering a bit too. Maybe it got kept a little bit too wet at one time. But with this year, I doubt that happened with the heat and stuff like that. So just maybe on certain varieties, um, ensuring – because you, you use the Evolve product in the black bottle. That's the guy who makes the Rage Plus, and he has the tomato one. And so, yeah, maybe just maybe it was just wasn't quite enough of it in there to help that, that certain ones. But would you say the majority were okay? What, were you getting like 20% had the end rod? Or? They probably – Almost twenty percent had the problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would just maybe just apply it a little bit more often then, or okay. or look at. And you're, are you growing right in the ground? Uh, I have some in pots and some in the ground. Uh, I have quite a extensive amount of them. Yeah. So which ones did it? Did you get? Was it in the ground or in the pots that got uh, it, or was it like, both? In each, actually, Merle. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, one. Uh, two uh, the varieties did not have any blossom rot, and one was this Arbison one that I got from uh, uh, West Coast Seeds, and the other was the Early Girl, uh, the Big Beefsteak, and one other variety I don't know what they were. Uh, they did have the blossom rot, but the uh, the Arbison that uh, uh, very expensive <laughs> uh, one uh, did uh, had no problem at all. Okay. Yeah, I would, uh, like I said, I would then maybe just, if you're going to grow lots of the larger tomatoes then, and maybe just with the Evolved or maybe just wasn't quite enough of the calcium in there, I would maybe just add, because you can get the separate um, additive, the calcium supplement, for maybe some of those varieties that you notice it happened. Um, yeah. So th- is that a thing? Do, do, should I do do that next year when they... Yes, do that next year as it's actively growing. Yeah, I grow so, them uh, under my grow lights in the basement, then into a greenhouse, and then out in the yard. So I've had success up until this year pretty much with uh, a lack of, of the blossom rot. Did you, and you've always grown a lot of the same varieties, the bigger ones? I've uh, I've changed lately to these uh, uh, ones such as, uh, what's that one? Arbison, and there's one that uh, sounds like Cayman. That's another one. Yeah. Very expensive seeds, but they produce very nice tomatoes and no blossom rot. It's just okay. the and, old standard ones good. like the beefsteak and so on seem to be the problem. Yep. Yeah. No, and that's typically um, as and even a lot of some of these varieties get older and older. Sometimes some of the strength gets taken out of them. Uh-huh. So what I would do, I would just definitely, when you're growing those ones, just add a little bit more, get that other calcium supplement, and just add that to those ones for sure. And do that in the spring then, of course. Yeah, do that in the spring and sort of every second watering or so follow the directions. no point in putting some bone meal in the ground. You see, I've grown them in basically the same area for 20-some years. <laughs> yeah, so I would definitely – and do you amend the soil every year? No. No. So it's probably time, too, to maybe amend the soil a bit, maybe add some of the sea soil or some of the cocoa moss or just a good, like, a compost-type thing in there. Is just that- add a little bit – 
Yeah, I can get it uh, up to uh, spruce it up. It's in a bag, is it? Yep, absolutely. Well, yep. And that would be available in the spring, Merle? Yeah, I would even do it right now. I'd do it in the fall, like when you get rid of all your tomatoes. Okay, like, dig so you up have your soil. in big bags yep. or... Yeah, we have it in larger bags. But what I would do is leave the soil lumpy in the ground. That way it can air out. That's I always like leaving my soil a bit more lumpy in the fall. Oh, do you? Because then That's that way that way they can get in there and freeze out some of the bad stuff. Mm. And, and this sort of helps clean out the soil. Oh. So I, I always like to leave it nice and lumpy. Okay. Then put your, and then you can add the, the sea soil. Even if you do it there, mix it in, and then turn it over and leave it all lumpy, and then you can have the sea soil in there. So then that way in the spring when you turn it over and make it nice, it'll have all that nutrients already soaked into there. That's a good idea. What I do is I rototill it every year and make it quite smooth. I do it in the spring and the fall. Yeah, I would just do it. I would leave it lumpy in the fall okay. and then do that, do that good uh, rototilling in the spring. Okay, well, I'll put the sea soil in now then as well. Yeah, lay it on top and then make it lumpy, like dig it up, and then that way the, some of the sea soil will get mixed in. Okay. And then leave that leave that for now, and then in the spring do your nice rototiller ready for the planting. That's excellent. Well, I'll come out and get some uh, sea soil from your uh, okay. up then. Thank you, Amara. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Take care, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And it looks like I'm time to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Richard. Good morning, Richard. Morning, Merle. I got hey, a how can I help you? Uh, no. I try to grow most of my stuff organic if possible. Now, my raspberries, okay. uh, what would you put on? Exterior, fish fertilizers, or something like another thing organic-wise? Um, yeah, probably the fish fertilizer would be good. The 01010 um, mm -hmm. is good. Um, just trying to – a lot of the – like even if you're using like like a 15, 30, 15 – like they're all natural trace elements. It's not like it's a chemical. It's all stuff that's oh, been taken. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not really. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> synthetically I mean, manufactured. It's just they've taken, like even like our greened up lawn fertilizer. That would be a great one for raspberries. You could sprinkle that out on there, oh. and it has a high middle number. It has a little bit of nitrogen. You can just mix that in the soil, and that would be yeah. a good steady feeder for that as well okay. and just well, remove I've... yeah remove all your it's just hard with some of the manures you end up with so much nitrogen and not no phosphate right so oh you, so you get that first number okay okay yeah, yeah. so and that's what the problem is a lot of the with a lot of that um um blah blah blah, blah that okay. um so the, 15, like the 30, manures 15, okay. and yep, yeah 15 30 15 and we also have straight phosphate but with those, you're fine. Like it's, it's you're not going to be certified organic. And we do have some organic, like the Evolve products. So if you pick yeah. any of those, they're more, and they're like a zero. Like they have different numbers, and they don't yeah. really make as much sense. But if you look at the Rage Plus, is a great one as well. If you want to use that, that's a great all-purpose. 
fertilizer that works really well. That's okay. Okay, I use Rage Plus, and then I also use for my tomatoes. I use that three two two. Yep, yep. The Evolve, perfect. Yeah, the Evolve, the Evolve. There. Okay, uh, okay. But you can use fifteen fat. You know, the only thing I can get out here, right, there is a, you know, fifteen thirty fifteen is uh, like Miracle Grow, and I don't know. I think that stuff is straight chemical, isn't it? It that they do. They have a lot more salt in theirs. Um, it's a lower yeah. quality fertilizer for that's, sure. That's for um, damn sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and you get a lot of burn, and like I said, it's there's a lot more salt in it. So. Okay. Well, I'll try that fish fertilizer on it because they're getting a little sparser every year. Like, I'm getting shoots coming up in my lawn and in my garden and stuff, and I can transplant a few of those, but I would like to, you know, put it on. So fish fertilizer. Okay for yeah, the raspberry. Yeah, 10 that would be good. Like I said, if okay. you keep using the Rage, that will definitely help out as well. Just a state Rage Plus? Yep. Oh, Okay, okay, I got that. Let's pick up yep. some more. I get plus. All right. Yeah, we have now, it in the larger. We have it in the big ten gallon. If you're doing lots of it, if you're outside oh, like that. Okay, <laughs> that small. If you, that small, that small bottle makes many liters as it is. <laughs> yeah, it makes three hundred and some liter. But I'm yeah. amazed at how many people buy the ten liter jugs. Like I'm just because they use it on everything, and they just. They buy the yeah. ten liter jugs. Well, and like, okay. the one I use most is you give somebody the comment that like if your trees, I got some old uh, birch trees and they're starting to deteriorate. So I took and on each one of those birch trees, I get I put four or five gallon buckets of rage plus yep. on them to get a little more. You know, good. Okay, that's good. Now uh, another quick question. Okay, so you were saying on your cedars at thirty ten ten, and on yep. like your apple tree stuff uh, is the same thing at fifteen thirty fifteen. But absolutely, I have brought. Yeah, on broad beans, I, I don't know if you're familiar with broad beans. I keep using yep. like the seed that I have grown before. But last uh, this year, a lot of my broad beans had little black spots on them. Like they were black spots on them? Yeah. What caused that? Is that- uh, it, it could have been a fungus. Um, if, are you watering on the leaves or? No, no. I or, try to water it up the base. Under, from underneath? Um, yeah, yeah that, that's a tough one. And. It could have been just like a, a heavy rain, maybe bruised them. It could be, like I said, sounds like a bit of a fungus on there. When I peel it open, you know, I take I take this broad bean off and I feel the broad bean open to get the seed out. And the dang things have got black spots on it. Huh. Throw them away. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm not too sure on that one. I'll look it up a bit and I'll I'll mention it after if I think about it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I just don't know that one. Or I'll try and do a bit more research on it, but I, I haven't had that issue. And and typically when there's black spots, it's typically a fungus. So you might want to try using pure spray green because um, okay. that's typically whenever I see black spots, it's typically a type of a fungus. So you also might want to rotate those crops and maybe using the same seed every time from the same plants. Um and maybe it's time to mix it up a bit. Like this, may do you rotate? Oh well, it's pretty tough on that because I put it near the back because of the fact that you know they're all yeah. growing on fence and they'll grow like six feet high. Yeah, and you're amending the soil, obviously, with that out there. Yeah, I mean, I put yeah. some, I put, you know, I'll put some, I'll put yeah. some uh, fertilizer in it. I'll put some, you know, uh, steer manure and stuff like that to yeah. amend it that way. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And this, and again, when you're using the manures, um, that can cause some of those funguses or different things as well. So just make sure it's really well aged, and and not too much of it. That's one of the biggest things with manure. I see it get used 
Sometimes people oh, think more more is better, and yeah, not no, necessarily. Whatever, whatever I buy at a box store or whatever, like I get, to, you know, PB Mart, whoever. That's where I get yeah. my steer and stuff. Yeah. From. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, I don't know. All right. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, thanks, Richard. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right. And where I'm at for time, I've got time for one more. I'm going to go to Yvonne. Good morning, Yvonne. Hi. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? I'm I'm good. Um, I have spruce trees, and they're established, and they're you know they're about twenty feet high, and they're okay. starting to turn yellow and orange, around the, like halfway up, and not all of them, but a lot of them are. Orange in the center? Is it just um, in the well, center? The branches. The branches. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just in the center. It's as long as it's not the outer needles, and you'll see it, it's about halfway in, is typically where they start. Yeah. Yeah, and that's normal. It's a normal shedding period that they go through. So it'll drop okay. those needles. And right now I'm seeing it quite a bit. I, like when I go around, I see a lot of the pine trees, a lot of the spruce trees are starting to do okay. it. So just ensure that you just hose it down, make sure you're giving it a good, good ample watering. Um, sort of once a week going into winter, and it'll be okay. totally fine. Yeah, well, we've got a lot of them, so it's just one whole row, and then starting yeah, to move on to the next one. Soaker, yeah, those soaker hoses work great for that, because that way you can leave them on for four or five hours without wasting any water. They just sort of sweat okay. out, those those hoses that sweat. They kind of yeah. fill up, and then it seeps out. So you think it's a water shortage that does it, or no? No, it's just a natural process that they go to. They go, to, they shed their needles every two to three years. Okay, I never noticed it before. That's why yeah. it's quite obvious this year. So yeah, no, certain years, with especially being drier, it shows up a little bit more, and sometimes it's a little bit more prolific than other years. Yeah. And and this year is going to be one of those ones where I think we're going to see a bit more of that. Okay, so they aren't dying then. That's my no, 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 totally fine. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. And, and yeah, like I said, you're going to see a lot of that. So what you want to do is just hose down your evergreens, ensure that they're getting good water going into wintertime, and then they can recover from that one quite easily. And I better take a quick break, our last one of the show. And then we'll come back. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Colleen. Good morning, Colleen. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I bought an Ohio Buckeye tree, and it got mm -hmm. planted in my front yard nine days ago. But it's okay. not looking so well. It's the top half is turning orange. It's dropping leaves. We watered it really well. We put in the root rescue and stuff, but don't know yep. what's going so, on. So what I would do is just ensure that, was it a caliper tree or potted? It was potted. It was in a 25-gallon pot. Okay. So what you want to do, and, and Ohio Buckeyes, they're famous for their orange colors too, so that's going to be normal. We, we kind of nicknamed it a few years ago the prairie maple. Mm -hmm. it, it is a, a beautiful color, flower. but the leaves don't look good at all, and I'm yeah, they're, they're no, popping. It's just it's probably a little bit of transplant shock. Okay. So just ensure that when you do water, and I'd do it again today, is just put the hose on it 
and for like a really slow trickle, like for a couple, two or three hours. Yeah, we've been doing water. that regularly. Yeah, so if you do that twice a week, it's just going through a little bit of shock because those Ohio Buckeyes have that big root, big leaves, right. and the nights are starting to go a little cooler. And when they start changing, they and they do drop their leaves earlier than most of the trees. Okay. So you'll find they'll go in their color and then they'll drop their leaves right away. Like they'll be one of the first ones to lose their leaves typically. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I would I probably wouldn't worry at all. Like it's it it'll be fine. Okay, great. Thank you very much. All right. Just ensure that you keep watering it that twice a week, going into fall and right up until freeze up and then you'll be okay. Should I add any more root rescue to it? Um, you could do it again if you did it once already. You could probably do it one more time. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with the root rescue. Does oh. it have numbers on it or? Oh yeah, I don't it... know. I don't, I don't know if it's okay either. Yeah, I'm not too sure with that variety of of product, but um, I'm assuming it has a higher middle number, like for the phosphate for the roots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would definitely, if you, if you give it one more shot of that, it definitely wouldn't hurt. But it's just more important is just to ensure that it gets that watering. What like I said, at least once or twice a week. Until freeze up, and then you'll be good. Perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Agnes. Good morning, Agnes. Good morning. How can I help you? I've got a split-leaf philodendron, and it's okay. going crazy. It's about 10 feet tall. The leaves wow. Are, <laughs> the leaves are about 2 feet by wide and 2 feet long, and... The roots of the plant are right at the top of the pot right now, and I've had it a few years, and I've tried to move it different times, but it's in a big pot, and it's fallen over and broke off, so I just... That's a a true monster. (laughs) It is a monster. So I was all worried about my plant dying, but I I just let it go, and away it goes again, so... um, I don't know. It's the leaves started to turn brown on the edges, and I phoned one garden center, and they said lack of water. So I've been watering it more. Um, I don't know what I should do with it. Like, should I cut it back or? Uh, they they're almost bulletproof when you get them to that point, right? So yeah. if you if you want, you could definitely cut them back, and they're pretty easy to propagate too. So where those like you'll see as the branch up high, you'll even see little roots coming out of certain areas, like little air roots. Yeah. So if you wanted to cut it down to like three or four feet, it would fill back in. But all that foliage that you cut off, you could actually propagate into a whole bunch of new plants as well, and either give them away or, How or whatever do you, you like about that. Well, you can just a lot of times you can just put them into water. Like you can just cut them just above those joints, okay. and and then a lot of people just put them right into jars of water or, or vases, and then they root up and then plant them into soil. Okay. Um, the al- right. they also have uh, stringers, like it's a. It looks like from the jungle, you know. It's a. Yeah, those are those big air roots. Should yeah. I cut those off, or what you should can, I do with them? Sometimes it depends if you like them. Yeah, you can do whatever. You, either one. If you cut it off, it wouldn't hurt it either way. Okay. Alrighty. And I fertilize it with um, 
Pacific Fish. I've had the fertilizer yep. for years, and it's yeah, zero ten ten. It's good. Yep, zero ten ten. It's a great fertilizer for that. Okay, you don't need the leaves growth. that have turned brown on the edge. Can I just, just cut? Yeah, just them? cut those off. Yeah, you can trim them or just cut them off. Cut the leaves but, right off. Yeah. And I'm out of time, Agnes. I'm sorry. I got to go. Okay, Dan. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Thanks for everybody for calling in and uh, happy September and go stamps go tomorrow. You can listen here to the game, obviously, and, uh, or unless you're going there. So go stamps go till next week. We'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.